Hello and welcome to Cast Iron Shorts. Each week we write for you, record for you and send back out to you a brand new short story inspired by the words that you've suggested as a prompt. This week your words are pompous, dinosaur, cloisters, impressionism, scrapbook, Laundry, MySpace, Dragon, Mediocrity, Bumper, and Puling. Today's story is Claws Out by Andrew Allen. We live, I think you'll agree, in a world mouldy with misinformation and lies. Of course, How much you agree with that statement rather depends on how many lies and how much misinformation you've chosen to accept without question. I personally find it fascinating that those people who keep yelling, wake up people, or the more benign version, I'm just open to alternative possibilities, are both close to any argument but their own, and sleepwalking into danger. Sometimes, not always, I admit, but sometimes... Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. An accident is just an accident. And there's no conspiracy. We're all of us just trying to get through life as best we can. I understand why people are looking for conspiracies, why they want to fill their lives with both shadows and fireworks. Nobody wants to admit that their life and, by connection, everybody else's lives are filled with mediocrity. We look for stories that aren't there, forgetting that life has quite a few stories worth telling already. So no, the moon landing was not faked. There were not oversized alligators in the New York subway system. That movie is due a remake, surely. And the world is not run by a cabal of lizards. Apart from anything else, lizards are notoriously bad at organisation. Now I'm aware that might sound a little bit bigoted of me, and I'm sorry. I would say that some of my closest friends are lizards, but that would sound like I was trying too hard. And in any case, I don't think that I've had a proper conversation with a lizard since about 1989. My roommate at Oxford was a lizard, studying classics. Quite why we were pushing the same halls, I have no idea. I had no words to offer about lizard literature. And Louis, that was his name, Louis, certainly had nothing to say to me about Impressionism. I think it's safe to say that we never got on. I heard him telling someone that he thought I was pompous, and I'm certain to this day that he was always stealing my milk. What I do know is that he always missed afternoon lectures for a nap, and it took me until the Easter term of our second year to find out that he slept in between my freshly washed and dried towels. I didn't care that he was screwing up his education, but I did care that he was doing it in my laundry. Things came to a head when he mislaid my scrapbook. I had been collecting a series of images from the very greatest artists of the age, Eisner, Dicto and Ovely Schultz. I came home one night to find that it was missing. I had just got hold of a bumper collection of Larson lithographs and I needed to put them in the book straight away. Louis was always moving my stuff and I demanded to know where my scrapbook was. He told me with a straight face that he had no idea what I was talking about. It was there and then that I knew that I had to get rid of Louis. 
there was no way that I was going to spend the rest of my time at Oxford with him, and he had to go home straight away. Of course, it was very unlikely that the college would be able to find anyone else to replace him at Diggs at that late stage of the school year, and so it would mean that I'd probably have the place to myself until graduation, but that wasn't the reason I wanted to do it. Justice had to be served. I decided to arrange a rendezvous with Horace, who was studying for chemistry and something to do with Greek tragedy, and had a reputation for making things happen, and sometimes unhappen. He would only meet at midnight, on Tuesdays, in the shadow of the cloisters that led the way to the Dean's vegetable patch. Horace insisted on such secrecy so that no one could trace a trail back to him, but, to be fair, if anyone spotted a 16-foot dragon loitering in the cloisters at 12am, they wouldn't be likely to forget it. Horace came from one of the oldest families in the country. Obviously, there had been that propaganda smear campaign from the George family from way back, but generally, Horace had a good reputation, and his father was one of the most respected dragons in government. There had even been a campaign to get the family shield up on every entrance into London, just to show how protected the city was, but the information didn't properly go to the contractor and the artist, and everyone looked more like a griffin than a dragon. I explained my problem, and Horace assured me that before the week was over, Louis would be out on his tail. What he always did in this situation, he told me, was to hack into the unfortunate party's MySpace page. I know, I know, but believe me, it isn't as long ago as you might think it is. Yes, I know that some of you kids weren't even born then, and you think that anything pre-millennium bug is as dead as a dinosaur, but MySpace was revolutionary back then. It was the way the world got in touch. You could get in contact with anyone you wanted, with a great social leveller. I'm very proud to say that the actual founder of MySpace included me as one of his personal friends. I got back to the digs a little before two in the morning and was irritated to see that Louis was still awake. Well, I, I didn't see him. I could hear him crying and puling, doing those soft, stilted cries and sobs that are somehow more annoying than when the person or the lizard or the dragon just lets go and has a good old wail. I knew that he wouldn't shut up until he got it out of his system, so I knocked on his door and asked him what the problem was. He said that all of his friends had deleted him from their top ten lists without warning. I said that seemed a bit cold, which didn't help matters. In fact, he seemed to cry even more. Apparently, there was a rumour going round that had completely destroyed Louis's reputation in these hallowed corridors. He refused to tell me what the rumour was, but apparently it had been pretty bad. He had already packed most of his luggage and told me the porter was coming for him at six. And that's it. I never saw him again. Apparently he went to some college course in Selhurst and got a job in retail. I will admit that I did fairly well. Horace's dad managed to get me a job on a newspaper because, as they say, it's always good to have a human face on these things. I know you're expecting some great reveal, like how I finally found my scrapbook exactly where I left it, or that I managed to apologise to Louis before he died, but I'm afraid I've got nothing like that for you. You don't need me to tell you that the column was very popular, although I did have lots of critics calling me a monster for speaking the truth. But if they were right and I was wrong, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Anyway, I hope I can rely on your vote on the 14th and have a good day.